Vegas Fever Podcast, Jason and Paul here with you. So excited to be doing this show because there's so much to talk about, so many good things in my opinion, things that I wasn't really feeling so hot about uh, a few days ago, but now feeling really, uh, feeling much better about it. Um, Paula's here as well. Hello. And I think first we should go UNLV is where I think we should go first with this. So like I've been saying for a month... What I really should have had you do was introduce <laughs> no, no, me. No. Like, here he is. He's right about the Otzelberger situation for over a month. Jason. That's because I was. Correct? Yes. Yes, I was. So for over a month, I've been saying that TJ Otzelberger was going to leave if and when, more like when, Steve Prom was fired at Iowa State and... On Monday, Steve Prom was fired at Iowa State. So immediately, immediately, we're talking national guys. So John Rothstein and Jeff Goodman and all these national guys and, and, and Matt Norlander. TJ Otzelberger is prime candidate number one. What was so difficult to understand about all these things? Iowa well, State, dream job Otzelberger. I understand, but what I... My... The only reason why I didn't really 100% agree with you is because I didn't think he was qualified. He's not qualified. Right. But that's so, not why he got the job. But that makes no sense to me. But okay, that's beside the point. You are not the only person, and I'm not going to say rebel fan, uh, you are not the only person in this whole situation that that, that's, that has said that. Because I understand there is no reason... You could have a dream job. Right. I want to be an actress or a singer. Sure. That doesn't mean I'm qualified sure, for it. Sure, but you haven't been an actr actress or a singer twice before. Like he has. He's been there twice before. For seven plus years. And why did he get fired twice? He didn't get fired. He was on a staff that got fired. He automatically was not retained by new staff. So he, he's never actually been fired by the university. He retained a really good, uh, outstanding relationship with the athletic director, Jamie Pollard. And I believe that's his name. And um, his wife was a star player there at Iowa State. And she played in the WNBA. Um, I'm just saying he didn't really take UNLV far. He took UNLV nowhere. Right. I'm not happy that he left. But, I mean, if you want to look back on it and say, like, what did he do? Nothing. He did nothing. But I've been calling this because... When you have a situation where a guy is from the area, been in the area, coached in the area, he's family. So that means he's premium target number one. Also, who else was Iowa State really looking at? I don't I know. Mean, you, no, they're a bigger, they're there a better was, team there than was, UNLV. Well, they're, they're a better school and a better conference. Right. I don't know about better team. I mean, they went two and... God, well, it was bad. Like two and 22 or something. It was bad. You're right. I just don't think he was qualified for the job. That's the only thing I... I mean, you could have a bazillion dream jobs. It's about, you know, being qualified for them. So from Monday um, from Monday night to Tuesday night, there was this period where we didn't hear from Otzelberger. We had no idea what was going on. Nobody would comment. Everyone was digging. And then all of a sudden, breaking news Tuesday evening, TJ gets the job. He's the guy. Mm -hmm. but, the UN, but the school wouldn't confirm it. Until the following day. Um, actually, it was, I believe it was Wednesday night when we actually knew that he was leaving um, because, it, because it came out. So you have a period there of just about 
48 hours where you really don't know what's going on. He's leaving, you know, calls what he's done at UNLV uh, really great. And, you know, him and Desiree Reed Francois talk about the progress that has been made because TJ's taking a bigger job. That does not mean that there's a ton of progress because TJ took a bigger job. It just means he kind of got lucky and he yeah, knew the school. There, that, there's no progress that's been made. Both of them commented saying, it's a result of what we've done here. What no, the hell have you done here? Nothing. Right. That's my point. What a dumb statement. So from Wednesday to Sunday, a coaching search is has quote unquote begun. But nobody knows, again, what's going on. We just heard from... You know, Desiree Reed Francois' interview just now on ESPN 1100 that there was 14 to 17 candidates. 14 yeah, to 17 candidates, lie. but that's that has to be a lie because you only had 80 hours in between a fire, you know, not a firing, but a leaving I coach mean, though, and a to hiring. To be fair, though, if she knew that Iowa State was going to fire their coach the same time as the public did, or maybe even before, maybe she was already anticipating him leaving. So maybe she did have 14 people in mind. It's really funny. It's really funny you say that because I was listening to the show in Vegas this morning uh -huh. and they were talking about that. Uh, Tyler Bischoff and Ed Graney on the press box were talking about she knew and so did he. Mm -hmm. And so that's probably where that number would come exactly. from. Maybe, yeah. But the bottom line is... um. A couple of names popped up in those 80 hours, and I wrote a piece for the Mountain West Wire about Jason Kidd because one of the news outlets in Vegas, it was either the RJ or the Sun, is, is said Kidd was being considered, and then the other outlet said it was um, the guy from St. Mary's. Darn it, do you remember his name? I don't remember his name. The, oh, Randy Bennett, the guy from St. Mary's. So the newspapers ran with that idea because there was legitimate information. Randy Bennett would have been a fantastic, fantastic coach at UNLV. He's got a 700 win percentage. That's 7 out of 10 wins every time he plays 10 games. He wins 7 games. Okay? 7 NCAA tournaments, been in the NIT, West Coast Conference regular season and tournament champions. I mean, the guy would be fantastic. He's 56 years old. He's been at St. Mary's 20 years. I mean, where's he going to go, really? But mm -hmm. the search wrapped up rather quickly but back to what I was saying about Kidd and, and Bennett is those guys would have been really good gets because if you have a, a, a kid and a father that you're recruiting and Jason Kidd that's is in I your think. living room, you're absolutely right. That's that's street cred. That's status. That's just that's, a selling point. Right, exactly. And then Randy Bennett, he's done a ton of stuff at, at St. Mary's. So either one of those guys would have been great. We didn't hear too many more names. There was these pipe dream names that never was going to happen. And then... Sunday night, we get the news that a Kruger is the new head coach of UNLV, and it's Lon's son, Kevin. Kevin Kruger, who's been on staff for two years with T.J. Otzelberger, has, is, has been elevated to the new head coach, um, to be the new head coach at UNLV. And I, I just was very, until I heard the man speak, I was very unsure. He is Lon Kruger's son. Lon Kruger is a really good coach. And he talks and he acts just like Lon. And if he's a half of what Lon Kruger is, I think we've got something cooking. I think you've got to let this kid work. I'm not disagreeing, but he's not his father. He's not I his father. He's already stepping into shoes that are too big for his boots, whatever, britches, whatever, 
them southern weirdos saying. Well, because you have half the people saying, you have half the fan base saying that he's not Lon, and then the other half is saying, well, he is he he is related to Lon. So, I mean, it, 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 the shoes are so big for him, but... I just, I feel... He has to simplify. Like, I'm worried that, first of all, he's going to be compared so much to his father. It's already not a f fair for him. Sorry, premature. I was going to play something for you. Um, no, no, go ahead. I was I was scrolling. That's why it played. Um, I think that he's got a really good opportunity, and he has DNA from both his mother and his father. That is, that is perfect. He is a coach. He has always been a coach. When he played at UNLV for that year, and even before, when he played at Arizona State, he was always an extension of the coach, and that's a coach on the floor. He is a coach. He has not done it before. He is going to hit bumps. He is going to take lumps. He is going to get knocked on his ass. But what matters is response. And he has great DNA and genes for this job. He just needs to be given time. People need to give this guy time. Something else that came up the following day after, you know, all this craziness, Kevin gets hired, right. some of his contract information comes out. And honestly... It's pretty standard for a first-time coach. The bonuses for for postseason wins sucks, but well, me and you got into a discussion with on Twitter about this, and I wasn't really agreeing to what you were saying. I mean, it's pretty. Okay. I mean, it, well, yeah, of course. I mean, that's part of the that's part of the greatness that makes makes what we do fun is that you don't have to. I mean, it's basically seven hundred fifty thousand a year. I mean, you get five years at three point something million dollars. I mean, it's seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. It's it's pretty standard for a new head coach. That's what Marvin Menzies made, and he wasn't a new coach. That just kind of tells you. I wasn't complaining about that. I thought the bonuses, if you made it into the tournament and into um, the Final Four, and then if you won potentially, were ridiculous. And I, I just you know, you and I disagree there. I mean, I mean, I don't, I, I mean, she did that because she doesn't actually believe that's going to happen. But again, I disagree with you there too. So I'm reading it what, you know, kind of Kevin's going to get. So basically year one and year two is 750,000. Year three and year four gets, it, it, it gets bumped up to 20, 25,000 basically. So year one and year two is 750. Year three and year four is 775. And year five is if 800. He if he makes it that long, it's a five-year contract. <laughs> Buyout is interesting because after year two, it's actually, it's actually 3.85 million before two years. After year two, it goes down to 3.1, then 2.35, then 1.5. And then after year five, it's 800,000. Here's some of the bonuses that in his contract. Winning the conference regular season championship, which has not been done. Since his father. His father never won a regular regular season championship. The last guy to win a regular season championship was Bill Baino in 2000, and it was a shared championship. They shared that shit with Why? BYU or Utah. I don't know, because it was, they were co-champions, because they had the same record. Oh. So if he does what UNLV has never done outright... Win a championship, $25,000. Winning the conference tournament, which hasn't been done since his father, $25,000. Winning conference coach of the year, which has never been done by a UNLV coach, his father or otherwise. Except, you know, Jerry Tarkani. $10,000. Winning national coach of the year, which hasn't happened 
ever $25,000. Making the NCAA tournament as an at-large without winning the conference tournament, $25,000. I'm seeing a lot of $25,000 here. Every round UNLV advances from the first round on in the NCAA tournament, $10,000. Making the final four, which should probably be like $10 million, it's $50,000. Winning the national title is $100,000, which should be $100 million. Okay, first of all, you're going off of what I said. I said if they make it into the final four, he should get a million dollars at the very least. In In the grand aspect of things... He should he should be a billionaire. He should be a billionaire, because you do that with UNLV in your first five years. You should they should make a, they should rename the court after you and put a plaque on outside of your name if you I do don't that. Disagree. And if his it, you didn't agree last night. Now you're agreeing. No, I agree that it should be a lot. But I'm just saying these contract stipulations. Th- this here is what a standard contract for a first-time coach looks like. It is. Okay. It's very standard. Is it underappreciated? Is it underwhelming for, you know, for for the accolades that could happen? Yes, it is. But it's pretty standard. And also can if his... Can you go back and renegotiate contracts? I mean, I don't know if he can. I mean, if he has leverage, like if another school is coming after him. Right, like say, like two, three years down low... Mm-hmm down the road they're doing really really well and it is a high possibility they could be in the tournament i would be like so let's up my bonuses well you know it's funny you say that because kevin actually made a couple of statements um about that and he is really really happy um to be in las vegas well he was in las vegas but this is his home and this is his quote-unquote dream job and you know he also hasn't been this excited you know in a long time and you know it's really good for him you know we're all we're all happy for him and he had his introductory press conference and there's a couple things from it haven't been this excited and uh to go forward professionally since probably the summer of 2006 when when i came up to vegas initially uh, to play as a running rebel and for this historic and storied program here at UNLV. And, uh, and, and going forward with that same mentality, that same approach, and, and the same chip on our shoulder that we had during that summer to go into the season in the fall for workouts is, is the same approach that we're going to take going forward uh, as a staff and as a team here for UNLV. really haven't been this ex- So... That was right off the bat. Okay. I mean, claiming he hasn't been this excited, you know, since 2000, since, since you know, since he came here. You know, and, you know, he had a lot more to say, mm-hmm. you know, about, you know, how he felt. Mm-hmm. You know, the way I look at my parents and my family growing up, I, I knew that by the example they had set that being a college basketball coach was something that I had always dreamed of doing. I'm not sure if there's one specific moment uh, that there might be where you, you kind of wake up and realize like, all right, I can do this. Uh, but uh, I'm in, extremely confident and that my experiences as a coach and, and a player uh, for six years after college combined with the, the five years in college uh, have prepared me for this. And uh, 
so going forward, I, I am confident um, that that we can get it done. This is something I've... he's just like his father. It, it's 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 crazy how much like his father. This is, is. going to be a program that is about them. You know, we we want to make sure that they are happy, that they are comfortable, that uh, that everything that they can want to do, not only in basketball but in life, is that we're doing whatever we can to help them along the way um, in that process. But just in terms of, of specifics, uh, you know, we're going to have discussions and um, and and figure out what's best for them and what's best for UNLV, and and just hopefully, really at the end, we can we can just help them in any way they want to, and and hopefully it's here and. We can make that happen going forward. This is... I mean, he was asked if he's going to, you know, if he's had discussions with the players and, you know, the new recruits, the players who are still there, and how they feel about staying at UNLV, being, you know, and being at UNLV. And he he's he's repeated it is, is that, you know... He wants to make sure that whatever they want to do, they can do. And if it's being at UNLV, great. And if it's not, he understands. And he's just, he has to build a, build a team. Because if these kids are going to stay or not, and they have a better chance of staying now that you retain somebody on staff, we need to know. Because there is seven, almost 800 kids in the, in the transfer portal. UNLV needs to get some of these if these kids aren't staying. So he's going to form a team. He's going to form a staff which he was also asked about today. But um, he was also asked if, you know, this is, you know, a stepping stone for him or if he's going to be here for a while. And, you know, I I really love the answer. You know, this is not a stepping stone for me uh, personally. Uh, I don't see, you know, five years in the future of being anywhere else or 10 years in the future being anywhere else. Uh, having my my daughter and wife you know have that same feeling of UNLV that they get when they see that arch that I have would be beyond a dream come true because of everything that UNLV does mean to me uh, on a personal level but um, again it's not a stepping stone at all this is where we want to be this is home Uh, not only UNLV but the city of Las Vegas has a special place in my heart and um, I I do feel that we'll, we'll share that with the guys because again at the end of the day the the experience uh, that they can have as a college uh, student athlete um, in the city of Las Vegas and, and for the running Rebels uh, is it, just something that's just unique and and can be just just so special. So uh, I mean, I was kind of on the fence, you know, but listening to him, you know, in the press conference and then on the radio, he was on the radio this morning, um... I feel like just given enough time and given the chance mm-hmm. and, and just, you know, you, you know, it's really not, you know, the first couple, I don't feel the first couple of years is really going to be any fun, but you know what? I think Lon's first couple of years weren't any fun either. And do, I don't mean to compare, but it's well, I was but, just going to say the comparison, but that really is the comparison. Stuff, but there shouldn't be a comparison. He's his own person. That's true. And it needs to be, I was um, just comparing to the last good coach that was actually here. And it happens to be his father. So, <laughs> that's okay. The last couple of years hasn't, the last handful of years hasn't been real good. So, 
it's just really exciting. It's really exciting to have, you know, I, I, I'm more excited than I thought I would be. I was, I was a little on the fence. I mean, in the piece I wrote for the Mountain West Wire, originally, mm-hmm. when T.J. Altsberger was on the fence of leaving. Yeah, he was one of your... He was, he was not the first or second, but he was on there. And there's a reason, and, and it's the familiarity. So, um, happier than I thought I would be. What do you think about him being here? Gut feeling. I don't have one yet. Hmm. I think it might provide more stability for the program. I don't think they're going to be very good starting off or even for a while, but maybe it will provide some stability, but we'll see. I, I don't really have... I'm surprised at the choice, but I thought her pick was kind of lazy, to be honest with you. I don't think she interviewed many people. I don't. I, I, in fact, I, I think that she, it, it was perceived by people in the industry that she wasn't going to get anybody. So she settled. I find that hard to believe too. Eighty hours, eighty hours in between, you know, TJ leaving and Kevin again, being hired. Like that's I just nothing. Said, you know, maybe she knew. I think they both knew. I think he was contacted, they had discussions, and right. she was maybe she maybe was able to reach out prior. Yeah, it's a really hard thing to keep to thing under wraps. Right. Well, you're really not because it's tampering, but also wouldn't Iowa State have tampered? Right? Why? Because they contacted him. But how do you know they contacted him before they fired his coach? This had to get going. This was, there was something lit. There, the fuse was yeah. lit before Monday, Sunday. It was. So that would mean that, that there's a that there's a trickle-down effect. So if he was contacted or contact, whatever the contact is, there had to be a domino effect. UNLV had to do something yeah, just in case. Maybe talk to Kevin. Maybe talk to other candidates. Look, you can talk to Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd's in the NBA. Yeah. You know what I mean? Randy Bennett, not so much. But, I mean, you know, if you're talking about people who are unemployed, like, look, Steve Lavin's unemployed. Kid. The Jason Kidd thing did has he expressed any wishes to last time to coach basketball? You know what's or funny? You know what's UNLV? funny is every time there's a UNLV coaching list the last five years, it's the same guy. It's the same guys: Steve Lavin, Jason Kidd, Randy Why? Bennett was in on it last time because UNLV didn't have any. You, that's why I'm saying she settled because they didn't have anything. The Jason Kidd thing was probably more real than people thought. Maybe it was more so like a phone call and then not much else. <laughs> or maybe one rep to another, right. you know? But you know what I mean? <laughs> Newspaper articles are not published based off of what we think. You know, Sometimes they are. They're not. Not from the RJ and the Sun. The RJ and the Sun ran with stories because they had because there were two guys from last time and two guys that were also interested and familiar with the coaching search. So I don't I don't know if she settled, I don't know if she knew, but she probably it made the best really decision she could. Because he's the guy. He's so, the guy. Right, exactly. I mean, so I mean all the speculation does nothing. Well, look, I mean I tweeted, if you're not on board, just just, just go yeah, away. Just go away. Because you need this this guy. And this staff and this university needs your 100%, if you are a fan, 100% approval and support. Otherwise, don't even be involved because it's not fair. That's it's kind of silly. It's not fair because you're, you know, just like we're assuming a lot of things, 
fans are also assuming that this guy is going to suck before he even <laughs> coaches a second. And that's not fair. That's not fair to Kevin. That's not fair to UNLV. That's not fair to Las Vegas. It's just not. People should have some patience. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. You know, I mean, there's going to be plenty of time for UNLV talk. You know, we can wrap this up. Plenty of time for UNLV talk because there's going to be players coming, going. I'm sure in the next couple of weeks there's going to be a staff. Um, and we'll talk about that as it comes. Let's go to some Golden Knight stuff. Um, Monday, uh, the Golden Knights uh, defeated... San Jose two to one. Mm -hmm. um, I think I just copy and paste this every time. Flurry was great, or amazing, wow. or spectacular. I don't know. We'll get to that later. I know, but it wasn't so much later. Uh, Pacioretty and, and Stone with the goals uh, for VGK on Monday. Uh, Wednesday morning, Robin Leonard was back at practice, and so was Will Carrier after Carrier missed four games. Um, but then the trade off with that was there was no Alex Tuck and no no Chandler Stevenson, so they were out. Um, for Wednesday's game, but Carrier and and uh, and it was Flurry again uh, on Wednesday. Just before that game, as well, Alex Petrangelo uh, put on long-term injured reserve, retro to March sixth. Um, so he's got to be on an injured reserve, long-term injured reserve, ten games or twenty-four days, which is he's already been out nine. Um, obviously, something's broken or fractured because we saw him in a cast um, mm -hmm. earlier in the week. Uh, that night. Uh, they beat San Jose again, five to four. Um, VGK scored four goals in eight minutes in the third period after being down three to one. Um, scored, you mean? They scored. Okay, you said squirted. I squirted. Think. Well, they squirted four goals in in, in the net. Um, and physical, physical game every time. Uh, mm -hmm. You know the Knights play the Sharks. That's just what it is. Sharks. Sharts. So they were down 3-1, win 5-4. Marsha Show and Stone were both involved in fights. Ryan Reeves, who was not, uh, got his first goal of the year. Uh, it was a good thing for Ryan because it's about time. Uh, you know, you're, almost had two. It, it, it was almost almost had a few. And this goes two. back to last season. He hasn't, I think it's like 30-something games he hasn't scored. Um, 25, I think it was. It's been a lot of games, that, that's for sure. Uh, Friday before the Kings game, uh, William Carlson was placed on the COVID list. We found out later in the day, which they it's great that they're able to get these things back so fast, you know what I mean, which is good for us. It, it, you know, it's amazing how you can have a rapid test, boom, COVID, non-rapid test, not COVID. Uh, anyway, it was a false positive, so he was good to play, and they also got Tuck and Stevenson back. So it looked like they weren't going to have any of those guys before the game Friday night, and they ended up having all three, but it didn't matter, um, really, because they beat L.A. 4-2 to uh, in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. uh, Pacioretty, two goals, stone and mm -hmm. assist, 10-game point streak, uh, which was ended um, on Sunday. 10-game uh, um. point streak. Um... <laughs> Uh, Theodore had an assist, so Stone had a 10-game point streak, and Theodore had a 6-game point streak. Uh, Carlson had a goal, 200th point with Vegas. Carrier got his first goal this year. Martinez to assist against his former team. Leonard was back, finally. First game since February 7th, so just about six weeks. Uh, uh, and VGK has won five in a row at that point. 
Uh, before the game Sunday, it was announced that there was no Pacioretty for some reason. Uh, some lower upper body crap. I don't know what the difference is. I, mean, I don't know what the big deal is. You don't know the difference between your lower and your upper body? Sure, but what if it's like right in the middle? You know, Then what do you call it? I don't like the vagueness. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Tell me what it is, but they're, you know, whatever, CBA, COVID, whatever. So no patch ready for the game on Sunday, and that's what you get. Golden Knights lost because you're Neff Pacioretty, your leading goal scorer with 16 goals. 3-1 to one to end their five-game uh, streak. Never really looked in the game. Never really looked no. entertained. Uh, here's how you know, because Tomas Nosek has the only goal, and he never scores. I mean, so the, that guy scores, and nobody else scores, just because Pacioretty's out. It was very... Okay, I don't think that was the reason. I think it was just a tough game. Very confusing to me. Uh, but a bounce-back game for the Golden Knights last night as they defeated St. Louis mm-hmm. at T-Mobile Arena. It was a good game. It was a good game for, for the VGK, 5-1. to yeah. one, And Colesar scored his first Coleslaw. goal. Coleslaw. Um, he put a, little, put, a little, put a little ting on it, you know, a little spice, a little slaw on his plate there with a goal. Um, Robin Leonard was good. So Leonard's been back two out of the last three games, and Leonard's look good, um, mm-hmm. only giving up one goal and two goals, respectively, in the games he's played in. Mark Stone with two goals. Really, really good to see uh, Keegan Colesar. Colesar finally score a goal. He's had so many good opportunities. Uh, they were able to... Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. They were able to um, get the puck, and they were able to tape it up for him. Also having some Silver Knights uh, results this week to go over. Um, Henderson beat San Diego 4-2 last Sunday. They also won 5-2 on Saturday, and then Sunday they also won. So taking all three games this week. And after that, the Silver Knights are 13-2, and two, best record in the AHL. Yeah. So they're doing really good. So if Vegas, you know, so if Vegas needs <laughs> Vegas, so, so if Vegas needs any players, uh, they'll uh, just look down the road and have some, have some of their players come over. What did you think of the Golden Knights this week? I don't think they were on the top of their game. I thought last night they played really well. Um, it's good. Flurry gets a little bit of a break. My concern is, I think I told you this, that now that Flurry quote-unquote messed up and lost a game, is he going to be punished? Because I like to see him play. I think the one game, one you know, back and forth is good. Rotation. I just hope that... Yeah, I think the one-on-one is good, if it stays. Right. I just don't want it. Like he's looking for any excuse. Mm-hmm. Like he had to deal with Flurry for like six weeks straight, so now... I would have loved to deal with Flurry. He won majority of the game. That's true. I mean, it's really it's really hard to say you're quote-unquote dealing with somebody right. that wins games. But it, I mean, he's having the, the best year off. of his career. It's just the way it comes off, so... Yeah, it, it, it does come off that way because as soon as Leonard is healthy, Leonard's like... See, it just feels like he's more of the guy now, even kind of <coughs> to the point where it doesn't make sense. Like Leonard started on, what was it, Friday, and then you went back to Flurry Sunday. That didn't make any sense to me. 
You should go Leonard, Leonard, and then Flurry because Leonard because Leonard just came back. <coughs> so get Leonard two games in a row to get him reps to get him in. But then but you, you go. But you just said you but, should go back and forth. Yes, so. you should go back and forth. But what he should have done was he should have went Leonard, Leonard, Flurry. That's what he should have did, well, and, I, then I, Leonard, and then Leonard, and then Flurry, and then Leonard, then Flurry. I mean, I think that's just a weird thing that bothers you, but and now because. Flurry was in goal for so long. Is he going to go to Leonard multiple times? Right, now? because to give Flurry a quote unquote break. break. Right. Um, but we all know that's not the reason. Right. Also, going back to the Silver Knights, mm-hmm. um, it looks like. Well, I mean, it is. They got a new mascot, or a just a mascot. Lucky. Period. Lucky. What a what a very um He's a horse. Yeah, but what a He's what like a, black and sparkly. Yeah, but what a very That was a very hard name to come up with. Lucky. Lucky the horse. Vegas. I don't know. Just seems too easy. But he's sparkly and um he's very strange looking. Do you do you think that he's better or worse than chance? <laughs> I think when I first saw him, he terrified me, especially when he had the mask on before he revealed himself. Chance or the uh, lucky? Oh, lucky. Okay. Um, but I think I like him better than Chance. Very sweet, cuddly eyes. Strange looking, but you know, cuddly eyes. I like Chance. Chance is a Gila monster, native to Nevada. No, it's not. Lucky is not native to Nevada. Horses are. Mm. Wild horses. Mm, it look like a wild horse. Have you even seen a Gila monster in your 30 years of living in Las Vegas? Many. Many of them. They're just running around. That's what makes Chance so amazing. Yep. Yep. Chance well, is better. I'm team lucky. Oh. Hold on. Super duper important. Be right back. And we're back. That was a quick commercial break, wasn't it? So have to talk about our brackets, but not really going over them because mm-hmm. they're they're completely smashed and destroyed. Mm-hmm. Thursday, no, not Thursday, Friday was a really good day. Like, I mean, really good day. Mm-hmm. Saturday was not such a good day. And, and those Saturday-Monday games in those regions were just killers. I mean, I think that your your bracket fell apart because you had Oklahoma going all the way. <laughs> the, you know, the Lon Krugers, you had them going all the way and that didn't happen. They lost in the second round. So that really hurts you. So basically every game you lose, that's less points available for you to take. Right. And my bracket was like, I think I was like tied for third, but there was so many people there. You're, you're in like sixth. I was doing well. You were doing really well the first like day and a half, almost two days, and then it just kind of fell apart for you. But hear that? Very important. Second chance. Second chance via ESPN Sweet 16. Paula is going to pick her Sweet 16 two national championship picks right now, right here on the Vegas Fever podcast. That's her. She's at the Golden Wife. Um. At Vegas Fever Pod. Here we go. Sweet 16. Doom, 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 doom. Serious music. Gonzaga, the overall number one seed, I don't... hasn't lost a game this year. 
against Creighton. Who do you got? Uh, Gonzaga. Stop. Uh, tell, don't tell me the seeds. But that's very important because you picked Oklahoma to win the national championship. That's I did very I'm bad. A long fan. But they weren't very good like the last month or two. Okay. okay anyway. Well, okay. Where's UNLV? Couple of Pac-12 schools. Couple of Pac-12 schools. USC and Oregon. USC. She's going with the Trojans. Fight on. Here we go. Michigan. <clears throat> Michigan against Florida State. Are those the Gators? Florida State is the Seminoles. Florida okay. is the Gators. Michigan is the oh, fighting Michigan. Chris Webbers. You want she wants she wants the Chris Webbers. Here we go. <laughs> UCLA against <clears throat> Alabama. <clears throat> Alabama against UCLA. I guess you want me to pick Alabama. <clears throat> no, I had, a, I had something Stop in my throat. I had something in my throat. Okay, who do you, who do you feel? Alabama. Okay, she's gonna go with the Alabamas, the fighting Nick Sabins. Here we go. Baylor against Villanova. Hmm. She likes Villanova. It's nice, a uh, nice Italian Catholic school. Very nice. Villanova. She's gonna go Villanova. Arkansas against Oral Roberts. I don't like either of them. Arkansas, I guess. She's got good picks, folks. Loyola, Chicago, the the fighting Sister Jeans against Oregon State. Sister Jean. She wants Sister Jean, folks. Syracuse. Syracuse. Can I just tell you, Syracuse really pissed me off. I had San Diego State going in the Sweet 16. You You know what? You know what? It's the last time I picked them. Syracuse against Houston. Syracuse. She wants Syracuse. So here's who she has in the Elite Eight. Gonzaga against USC. Gonzaga. She wants Gonzaga, folks. She's very, very smart. Michigan against Alabama. Michigan. She wants Michigan. She's very smart, folks. Villanova against Arkansas. Villanova. She lost a little bit of her smartness, but she's still pretty good. Loyola, Chicago. The fighting Sista Jeans looking to go to the second Final Four in four years. Against Syracuse. Sister Jeans. She wants the Sister Jeans, folks. So here's the final four. Gonzaga, Michigan, Villanova, Loyola, Chicago. Gonzaga versus Michigan in the first semifinal. Michigan. Michigan. Okay. And Villanova against Loyola, Chicago. Sister Jean. She I'm taking Sister she's Jean really, all the way. She's really going to do this, isn't she? She had a second chance, and here's what she's doing with it. Michigan against Loyola Chicago. Who's your pick? Sister Jean. What's the score? Oh, I don't know. That's the tiebreaker. What? Just pick a score. Pick something good. Who do you? Th- what do you think Loyola is going to have? One o two. One o. Is that a no? That's a lot for college, right? That's a lot. All right, for... eighty four. Okay, that's better. To. 78. 84, 78. I like it. So she's got Loyola Chicago winning the whole caboodle. I think Sister Jean's going to bring it home Sister Jean's going to bring it home this year. Let's submit these picks, folks. So we'll kind of keep an eye on that. Uh, I have to say, Iowa really pissed me off. I had them going far. Illinois. I mean, three out of my four Final Four picks are still there in the Mount West wire bracket. But Illinois, Iowa... I mean, Oregon. I didn't see that. Um, Syracuse. Sar- San Diego State. I had San Diego State going further than they did. I had. I didn't have as many upsets that happened. 
you know, like you had a bunch of lower seeds. I didn't have that. I didn't have Oral Roberts. I didn't have Abilene Christian. I didn't have Loyola. I, I mean, I, I, I picked a few for the first round and, and I was able to, you know, the 12 5 matchups, the Oregon States, you know, I, I saw winning one game, not two. So I was pretty. I, it got destroyed and it really shows that it's really hard to do these things. It's extremely hard to pick because anything can happen with, with these lower seeds. And I'm really glad that the tournament is back this year. We missed it last year and I'm really, really good. I'm really, really happy that March Madness is back. Do you have any, before we get out of here, do you have any uh, uh, outbursts, uh, comments, anything you want to talk about? We talked UNLV. Yep, and Golden Knights and Silver Knights and their new mascot sugar cubes and uh I'm one a lucky stuffed animal. I'll have to work on that. Gonna go to dot <laughs> com and get one, you know. Right after well, you're the mascot, right. so you know. I'm the mascot? Well, because you're a horse face. <laughs> I'm I'm a chance face. Chance is better. <laughs> So we talked that. We made our second chance bracket pick for Paula. She's going to be the only one participating because she's much better than me. I mean, the results won't say it, but the first couple days you were you were on fire. I was. You I were was on like fire. Second place, wasn't I? Kind of went down the down the t- tubes uh, because that's exactly what happens when you try to make these picks. Yep. Um, I'll keep an eye out this week for any uh, interesting news, and we'll talk about three Golden Knights games next week, probably maybe a week from tonight or Monday or Tuesday night. Yeah, we're moving into a different house, so it's probably not going to be next Sunday. But uh, we'll talk soon. Everybody uh, stay safe and have a good day. Goodbye.